can you introduce yourself to uh, our audience and let us know a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Marissa Alexa McCool. I'm 33. I live in the Twin Cities. I am a podcaster and author of six books and probably hundreds of articles, columns, that kind of thing at this point. I'm a grad student at Augsburg University in nonfiction writing. I'm also a TA and possibly a, an adjunct professor, depending on how things go. Um, I've been podcasting for three years, and I came out as transgender in 2016 and shortly after wrote a book, basically right after the election, because I went to the same school Trump did. So the words, fuck you, started the book, and that's kind of where I started everything, and ever since I've been traveling the country, speaking uh, at atheist conventions, at LGBT conventions, uh, pretty much all over the board. Yeah, I watched some of your, uh, I listened to some of your podcasts, and I, I really like the aggressive attitude on it. I, I get a lot of shit from people for telling me that I'm a bit too aggressive, uh, but I don't know, I think like when things matter, um, you get a bit aggressive when, when, when you care about stuff that you're fighting for right like but i really um i appreciated how <laughs> passionate you were in in the in the in your podcast six books that's crazy well uh it, it was kind of a combination of things mostly that i spent a lot of time practicing a lot of time training and i had a really good education uh so when all of those things sort of came together with what turned out to be the ultimate motivation i ended up being able to write my first book in nine days and Ever since then, I'm just a really quick writer, and I have really quick turnaround time. So I've managed to get six of them out since November 2016, and I'm working on number seven right now. Right. So what are they mostly about, the books? Uh, so my, my main focus is speaking what it's like to be transgender mm. in America in these current times and also what it was like, especially uh, during the election of 2016, when we were a talking point, when we were a thought of experiment, when we were a scare tactic, a political pawn. And being in the environment where, you know, Trump's kids still went there and he attended the graduation before mine. So it's not like he was a distant, unassociated person. Like We knew about him getting nominated uh, before most people did, and therefore everybody was kind of just constantly either talking to us, trying to get what we thought of it, trying to figure out what Penn students were talking about. Every football sh uh, halftime show incoming had some kind of joke about Trump in their, uh, in their band show and everything. So, I mean, we were just encumbered in it, and... Uh, that's that was what my first book was about. Um, I've written two novels uh, that are I would call hyper realist. I try to write as real and close to life as I can. And my more recent books are about representation and uh, different perspectives that people have with different backgrounds. Um, that's that's been my main focus of the last two. So I have so many questions. Uh, how much time do you have? As much as you need. Oh, really? Okay, great. Thank you. Um, before I get into my questions, um, you mentioned about transgender issues in the United States. Any any chance this is uh, that you would at some point be also interested in looking into transgender rights in like other countries, like especially Islamic countries? Yeah, I, I can't say that I can speak 
at an expert level about what it's like in other countries. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I can speak on it, but I can't promise that I'm as knowledgeable not, about... Not right now. I'm just saying, like, something that you might look into in the oh, future. Oh, yeah, is oh, yeah absolutely. That, yeah? Okay, great. Because, I mean, they are the... Among all the people that need a voice, they are the ones that I think need it the most, especially given that it's hard for them to to speak openly about these issues. So they kind of need the help of people in freer countries to be able to be their voice. Oh, of course. I, I thought you were asking me to speak on it tonight. No, no, no. no. <laughs> like, I'm, just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, is that something that you might be interested in in the future? Is, is that is Certainly. That yeah. Okay, great. Um, so here's one thing about, um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think with, when it comes to the transgender rights movement, when it comes to, uh, reaching out to people and talking to people or educating people, uh, compared to it's, it's way behind when it co compared to the gay rights movement, like, uh, in, I think the gay rights movement has managed to change people's opinions. Uh, a lot more and um, and the transgender rights movement has a lot of catching up to do right and mm -hmm. I find that I I am very uninformed and uneducated about this topic um, it seems like when people ask you about gay rights and gay related issues um, straight people have a lot more now uh, information to respond to people that might be uh, anti-gay or homophobic. But when it comes to transgender issues, it seems like we haven't been, like, obviously it's, we should be looking at, we should be going out and doing the research as well ourselves, right? But, so this is part of that. Um, but cis people, it seems like they haven't been as exposed to where transgender people are coming from compared to uh, the information they have received so far from the uh, gay rights movement. Is that a fair assessment? Sort of. Um, one thing that people don't realize is how much transphobia they've been exposed to. If you go watch any movie from the 90s, like there's repeatedly transphobic jokes in it or, you know, oh, that person in a dress, it's a guy. Ha ha ha. I mean, look at Ace Ventura or The Crying Game. That was the plot twist was that it was a trans person. And of course, that's icky and gross. So part of what happened, in my opinion and my perspective, is when the gay marriage debate was going on and it was an issue of people being afraid of really flamboyant gay people. Uh, a lot of what the marriage equality movement did was put forward the not stereotypically gay folks and say, see, we're just like you. We go to church like you. We do this like you. Mm -hmm. And that normalized it in the minds of people to a certain extent where it was like, oh, they're not these crazy, horny, you know, people in thong bikinis walking around. They're just normal. But at the same time, that was at the expense of what the hell's wrong with somebody who's flamboyant? Why is that a bad thing? Mm. And it, it pushed forward this image of gay people who passed, if you will, as you know, normal or who could stealth it. And when 
marriage equality finally passed, it was even in the Republican platform that they were going to pivot and focus on us because we were an even smaller and more attacked minority. And if you look at what just happened in Australia, uh, where uh, marriage equality passed there, the the anti-marriage equality group that was trying to put that amendment, you know, that amendment down has changed their name to Binary Australia. So they're they're following the in the same footsteps. It's easier to go after us. There aren't as many of us, and there were enough people who either didn't know what we were or who think we're weird and gross. Mm. So it was an easy talking point to scare the shit out of people who were afraid of you know, men going into women's bathrooms. And that stuck with a lot of people. Um, just a one-on-one on, on people that are completely unaware about the differences, because our, our audience um, is not just, you know, Americans. We have an international audience. And one thing I notice is that there's still some confusion between uh, sexual orientation and, sex, uh, you know, and sexual identity or Mm -hmm. that right uh, sexual orientation yeah yeah so and people when a lot of people when they see a trans uh woman they also assume their sexual orientation but they're completely separate correct absolutely right. uh the best way i can put it is gender is who i am mm. sexual orientation is who i'm attracted to right. so as a woman if you know if i like other women i'm a lesbian I'm not a gay man who's straight, you know, or that I'm not a, yeah, so yeah. That, I phrased that yeah, wrong. I get, I get it. Um, but the point is, uh, gender is internal and sexual orientation is external. It's being attracted to another person. Right. Um, and so before we get into uh, the main discussion people have, especially in the atheist community, because outside of the atheist community, all, the arguments people you know the discussion is usually about what's uh what's right what's wrong what god wants you know you know sexual immort immorality and stuff like that but within the atheist community uh given that we do a lot of people don't care about that uh, a lot of people as a lot of people on the left at least assume that uh, well there's atheists are going to be natural allies to the transgender rights movement but then you saw we saw that no and within the atheist community there's also a huge uh, divide between people uh, when, it when it comes to transgender issues uh, but the arguments are very much different and the main thing that people uh, bring up is science and biology right um, sure I mean I don't really necessarily know the science and biology and this is part of me beginning to understand the science and biology um, but the thing what I've noticed is that a lot of people that mention the science and biology don't really have not really studied the science and biology mm -hmm. or anything like that they just hear, heard other people mention it and they just it seems like a lot of people's positions really depends on their political affiliation rather than actually going in and looking at the data um, and whatever whoever is right or wrong it seems to me that um, it's, it's mostly based on if you want to hate on a group of people or if you don't want to hate on a group of people and then you decide that what science says based on your agenda is that is that a fair assessment is that what your experience has been Somewhat. I also think there's the fact that uh, people who grew up in religious communities 
sometimes think that when they suddenly get the answer to the God question right, they're suddenly completely bereft of a religious and social cultural influence. And while they may be saying science and biology instead of God and faith, it's almost the exact same argument. It's just from a different direction. Because if we look at the way that American culture is, to deny that there's religious influence uh, regardless of whether someone is religious or not is just irresponsible. So I think once once someone gets the God question right and they, you know, okay, there's no God, we don't need to go to church, the Bible isn't true, that doesn't mean that they still haven't had years of religious ideas and influence, you know, shaping who they are. And to act like it's a clean slate and like there's no other deprogramming you have to do often leaves people still in the religious mindset, but without the exact same reason for it. Right, right. Um, one thing I tell people is that uh, when you find out that this whole God thing was a lie, what are the chances that that was the only thing you were wrong about? Right there's <laughs> right yeah. There. like yeah that should be a clue that there must be some other things that I believe in right now that is probably totally wrong right it's just a matter of discovering it, um, but uh -huh. um, okay but he, a lot of people uh, I mean I even see on Facebook they're mentioning XXXY it seems like there's a confusion between what sex is and what gender is right so is that do you want do you want to clarify what's the difference between sex and gender? Well, first, it's incredibly simplifying to say that there's only XX and XY. Mm. Uh, there are men who have XX. There are women who have XY. There are people who have extra chromosomes, for instance, Klinefelter syndrome. So to act like it's just chromosomal and like there's only two options is also to ignore what we've learned since, say, Mendel or, you know, basic, basic, basic biology. And even if that's the case, even if the chromosomes are different, it doesn't matter. Nobody else is being asked to provide their chromosomes to prove who they are. So biological sex is something that's different from gender. Gender is an identity. Biological sex is what you're born with. And even if you want to make the argument that my biology is different from my gender identity, it doesn't matter because I know who I am. We know who we are. We don't have to go check our chromosomes to decide who we are, nor does anybody else. You know, nobody spits into a cup for 23andMe and goes, well, if my chromosomes say something else, that's going to change entirely who I am. Mm. To put it another way, I recently had a gen gender confirmation surgery at the Mayo Clinic, which is widely considered the best hospital in America. Do you think that a doctor at the best hospital in America would perform a surgery on someone who was trying to fix a mental illness or who wasn't medically who they say they are? That wouldn't happen. Whenever people say that we're mutilating ourselves or that we're mentally ill, that they're not paying attention to the, to the science of the people actually helping us along these journeys. So regardless of what you think chromosomally I am, I am who I say I am. And it doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. 
because you're not me. Right. Um, okay, but but can you explain like what's the sign? So I mean, is is the is the when we're talking about gender and the difference between gender and sex? So is is gen, are they both biological or is one of them biological, the other one social? Um, is the, is one of them binary, the other one a spectrum? Um, and what is the science behind all of this? If it, and if it, I mean, I don't know if I'm asking it's, too much, too many questions at the same time. Actually, I don't know. Yeah. No, you're fine, and I will readily admit that is not my area of expertise. I I don't have a degree in science. I do, however, have people who are that have helped me along this journey and who have helped me be who I am. So it's easy to say that biological sex is binary, but it's not because there are people who are born intersex, whether they have different chromosomes, whether they have uh, mixed parts or mixed genitals. It happens. One percent of the population, it happens. So, so is, gen it, is it binary for most people? Sex is binary for most people? Pro yeah. Yeah. You know, this is not a case where we're talking about a majority of cases. You know, we're not talking about a majority of people who experience this, but there are enough of us that it's not insignificant. So 1% is a number that's thrown out a lot, and that that may very well be the case, but it's not something that's easily, uh, you know, you can't just look it up in the census, and you can't just, like, you know, Oh, that's how many people there are. It's an estimate. But there's still enough people who have differences in biological sex and gender identity. So it may not be the majority, but there are still enough people. Oh, sorry. I, uh, I think I, I, wasn't, I wasn't suggesting. What I was suggesting was um, is that the pe the when it comes to sex, the uh, people that might be transsexual is lower than the number of people that might be transgender. Is that correct? Because gender is less, is more uh, changeable than sex because sex is more, is, is that, is that how my, um, because there's a difference between sex and gender and it seems like gender is something that is more, even if, even though they're both a small percentage, but it, it seems to me that the suggestion is that gender is more independent from your body than sex, than your sex. Is that correct? First, to clarify your terms, uh, transgender and transsexual are not different, basically. Oh, okay. There are people who are trans... Transsexual is kind of an old medical term for transgender people. Uh, it's not something that the trans community particularly likes to use, but they, they, they're talking about the same thing. Mm. The word you're looking for is intersex. Uh, intersex people are the ones who are born different biologically, mm. uh, if you want to talk about sex. So uh, biological sex would be intersex people. Uh, the transgender umbrella mm. incorporates people who, uh, the best phrase I've heard is gender variant. So anyone who is not 100% identified with the gender they were assigned at birth probably fits somewhere under the umbrella that is transgender. Mm. And medically, a transsexual is someone who undergoes uh, medical and possibly surgical hormonal transition. 
So uh, someone who is transsexual is transgender. Not all people who are transgender are transsexual. So is it is it biological or is it a choice uh, when it, when somebody is transgender? Is it is it something that they are born transgender or is gender identity a decision? It's definitely not a decision as far as I can tell. Uh, there, I don't have the link on me, but there was a scientific study done that showed brain scans of transgender people mm. and their brain patterns, you know, lined up with the gender with the gender that they identify as rather than their biological assigned gender at birth. So there's not a lot of science done on this because it's still a new thing to most people. But it's a lot of it is social and identity. Uh, it's definitely not something I chose because I tried to. I stayed in the closet for 13 years. Hmm. I first started figuring out I was different even younger than that. But I was first named Marissa at 18 years old. But I was in very very conservative Pennsylvania, uh, and this was during the Bush years, the height of. Uh, you know, anti-gay marriage, anti-anything LGBT. Mm -hmm. So I stayed hidden for a lot, a, a very long time, a, a decent portion of my life. And if that was something that I could choose, I certainly think I would have been scared away from it over all of those years. So, you know, 13 years I spent trying to deny who I was, trying to bury it, trying to keep it hidden. And that's just not the way it works. So... Whether or not it's something that is biological or whether it's something that is constructed, whether my brain just works differently, the point is I didn't choose it. Right. So, so, it, seem, so it seems like gender is also a biological thing, even if, even if your gender doesn't match the gender you were assigned to. How do you, how's the right way to say it? Is it match your body? Is it the right way to say that? Like if your gender does not match the body that you were born in, or is that the wrong way of saying it? Um, even, right. even, even the, if you, uh, the way, uh, yeah, sorry, go on. Uh, generally like some, someone like me, I'm a trans woman. Mm. So I would say I was assigned male at birth. Okay. So, so that that that's generally the phrasing that works so best. it's not a social thing it, it's not a social gender based on what you're saying it seems doesn't mean, it seem like gender is a social construct it's it's even if you're transgender that's a biological thing uh, it's not something like you could just pick and decide that oh i i'm just i just want to be a woman no you you have you were born with a brain a biological brain of a woman so yes. if you say like when you say you're a woman you should be uh, taken seriously but if i for example just say it um i shouldn't be taken seriously it should it's not up for decision so it, because it's a, a lot of people for example from the left tell me that you don't get to decide they get to decide uh, I'm, I'm like no, it's not that they're deciding it. They are biologically born with the brain of a woman. This is not their decision. Uh, if I just decide to say it, if I tomorrow wake up and say I'm a woman, you shouldn't take me seriously. That's just something I'm saying. Maybe I make, I don't know why I would say that, but you shouldn't take me seriously. They should take you seriously, right? So, is, what do so, you, yeah. so, so I'll just give you a brief idea of what I had to go through to get where I am. Mm. In order to get on hormones, I had to go to the doctor. 
I had to bring notes from two different psychiatrists to bring to my doctor to show that I was of sound mental state and was medically able to begin transition. That's just to get the hormones to begin transition. Then, you know, you have to constantly, you slowly introduce the different hormones to your body and you, you have to monitor very closely how they change because estrogen has different effects on one's body than testosterone does and vice versa. So you keep a close monitor on that. And then perhaps you decide like me that you want to go through with bottom surgery, which is gen generally uh, genital reconstructive surgery is what they used to call it. So in order to do that, I had to have two more letters from psychiatrists who verified that I was who I said that I am and that I was of sound mental state to undergo something like this. Then I had to get improved by insurance. I had to go to the, a social worker at the hospital. I had to meet with the, with the surgeon in order to examine everything to make sure that I could physically handle it in addition to medically handling it. And I, in order to even be considered to be pre-approved, you have to be socially transitioned for at least a year and medically transitioned for at least a year. So you have to be on hormones for at least 12 months before they'll even consider you. You have to live as yourself for more than 12 months before they'll even consider you. So just to get to that point, if this was some kind of ruse, if this was some kind of phase, if this was something that I didn't truly feel and believe with all of my heart, it would have been figured out by then. Right. So given that you have to go through all of that to you know to be comfortable with your you know gender identity what do you say to people that say gender there's no such thing as gender it's all made up um is that is that is, does that go against everything that transgender people are fighting for I don't think so. I think there are people who have a different view of it. You know, if, if you if you subscribe to the uh, the spectrum view of it, there are people who say, "Look, there's those who fit all over this kind of spectrum between masculine, feminine, both, neither." And there are those who just say, I don't even know what gender is, and I want nothing to do with it. And I I don't think they're opposite of each other i just think they're a different philosophy in regard to the concept in general but i'm, I'm not talking about the people that don't want to have anything to do with it the but i'm talking about people that uh, speak about it as if it's fact for it's a oh. fact of biology right like there is no such thing as gender it's all just social construct it's all just made up um you know what isn't that something that i would i would assume that if i was a transgender person I would be like, no, fuck you. I have fought all my life <laughs> right. uh, from being going from being a woman to being a man. And I want to be identified as a man. And now you're telling me that there's no such thing as a man. Like, um, wouldn't that, wouldn't, isn't, isn't that suggestion that there's no such thing as trans, as gender go against transgender rights and people pe would, I mean, how could you have transgender if there is no such thing as gender, right? Right, right. And that's what the Trump administration is trying to do. That was the recent memo that was leaked. They wanted to def redefine gender as something that is binary and is determined by genitals at birth. So 
that that would essentially define us out of existence. Well, no, so no, that's different because I'm 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 not talking about the people that are saying that you're defined by your gender as birth. I'm talking uh -huh. about the people that are saying. I'm talking about the left, not the right, right? Okay. I'm talking about the people on the left that say there is no gender, right? I'm just saying, wouldn't that be I see what you mean now. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand that particular view of it, but I'm not going to argue with it. Um, it's just not something I feel like I know enough about to right. argue against. Okay, so... Um Okay, sounds good. Um, and so, do you think gender is a binary thing, or is is gender is a spectrum? I think it's a spectrum. Uh, I know people who have transitioned or who are transgender, uh, who identify on the gender binary, male or female. I I am a trans woman, so I am a binary trans person. Mm -hmm. But there are others who uh, don't fit within the gender binary, and uh, generally they're considered non-binary and there are other definitions beyond that uh some are fluid some are neither some are both mm -hmm. and that is something that goes beyond one or the other so uh given the amount of non-binary people i know and work with on a regular basis one of my co-hosts is non-binary one of my partners is non-binary mm -hmm. uh it's something i've seen enough of that it it, it makes sense to me but it's not something I can speak to as a personal experience that I've gone through. Do you think it's fair to say that gender is binary for not just most people, but it's also most binary for most transgender people as well? I don't have numbers on that, so I can't say for sure. Okay. Um, in my experience, uh, I have met more binary trans folk than non-binary trans folk, mm -hmm. but at the same time, there aren't numbers on it, and my experience is anecdotal in that regard. Okay. Why is there not numbers on these? It seems like too, so. I'm, this is something about him, you know, like about us that we would want to figure out by now. Like it's weird that mm -hmm. there's not that much studies about it. Um, a lot of people think that this is a new thing, but I mean, this transgender people have been around in history. I mean, they have been written about. They've been part of plays they have been part of stories for thousands of years right that this is not something new correct oh absolutely that trans trans people existed in native cultures uh that um there were some that acknowledged five so it's it's not something new. It's not like Tumblr invented gender identity in 2009 and suddenly we were all trans. It's just if you look through different cultures before, uh, you know, they were colonialized or before uh, one of the Abrahamic religions, you know, killed off tradition or, uh, you know, moved all of the natives off of the land. Like this is something that has existed far longer than anybody thinks it has. Right. Um a lot of people, when we talk about transgender and gender issues, they they say that a lot of people on the left are denying biology. Like, they're saying there is no difference between men and women, uh, but there is a lot of difference between men and women. Uh, obviously, you know, your chromosomes determine what hormones are released in your bloodstream, and those hormones are going to make massive amount of different like there's going to be 
major differences between men and biological difference, not just because of society, biological difference between men and women, and the fact that uh, transgender people have to go through um, hormone therapy, is that how, what it's called? Mm -hmm. um, also shows that, no, there there's biolo biological differences between men and women. Uh, so the suggestion that men and women are the same is ridiculous. Is that what, what would you say to that? Uh, I can speak to my own experience and to those that I've uh, spoken to a lot on this issue. Uh, my husband is a trans man, so I've sort of seen the effects go the other way in that regard. Uh, before I started transition, um, my thoughts were a lot more clouded. Uh, I was a little bit more aggressive. It took a lot more for me to focus. Uh, I felt like there was a lot of emotional callous uh, anytime that I tried to have any kind of catharsis or uh, to express my emotions. I will say that one of the major effects of transition is I have no emotional filter anymore. So um, once I was on estrogen for a for a pretty significant amount of time it's i can't hide emotions anymore if i'm gonna cry i'm gonna cry there's absolutely nothing i can do about that mm. um my even my sexuality has changed but my my self-perception has changed the way i see the world has changed and a lot of that does have to do with the different hormones mm. and in reverse i've seen my husband uh have a lot more trouble being able to express his emotions. And I've seen him get a little bit more, uh, I wouldn't say aggressive, but um, assertive, I think would be a good word for it. And his libido went through the goddamn roof. So uh, I, I'm not gonna complain about that one. <laughs> so, so, so this is, then this is a critique of the left that is correct, that they say that there's no biological basis for gender differences that is, when they say that, they are wrong about that. And in fact, the, the transformation that transgender people go through uh, proves that they're wrong about that. Yes, there are differences between the hormones. Right. Uh, you know, I've experienced both. And I, once again, my experience and what I've seen others experience, uh, it does have a different effect on the body, on the mind, and how people experience everyday life. And basically, uh, you know, trans transgender people when they go through the transition living different lives behaving differently it also should suggest that you know gender stereotypes are based in biology as well they're not just made up they're not just based on uh, the society that you're born and uh, live in and your environment it's it's you know because for example the way you you dress and has changed and these are all based on gender stereotypes and you want to you like different things, if I'm correct, you want to express, you know, so gender stereotypes are biological, a lot of them, not all of them, right? Yes, some of them. I would not say a, a majority of them, uh, you know, we listen to any stand-up comedian, you know, women do this and men do this, and that right. sometimes that's just, you know, generalized for effect. But there, there are certain differences that are definitely inherent based on, uh, you know, hormones and everything like that. But it's a lot wider of a spectrum than people think it is. Like there are, even within 
trans communities, like trans women. There are more masculine trans women and there are more feminine trans women. And trans men, there are, you know, uh, dudes you would find who you wouldn't be able to distinguish from a Viking. And there are dudes who still wear makeup and, you know, are particularly feminine. So while there are stereotypes that generally are true, it's just not as black and white as Mm. a lot of people think it is. And I think part of that comes from the fact that transgender people explore their gender. Mm. And that's not something that society has promoted cisgender people to do a lot. And I think that's one advantage that the transgender community does have is we've had to think about a lot of this stuff and, you know, figure out who we are and where we fit. Uh, Personally, for, you know, in my own experience, when I first came out, I tried to do what I thought. I tried to wear what I thought someone like me should wear. I tried to wear makeup like someone like me should. And as I figured out what I liked, what I didn't like, what clothes worked for me, what didn't, and that of course changed the longer I was on hormones, like I just started to figure it out for myself. And that was a really valuable experience for me in figuring out who I am. And I don't feel like a lot of people uh, explore that if they've never questioned their gender in the first place. Um, so, um, by the way, um, somebody in the live chat is mentioning that the Indian culture had trans people 3,000 years ago. Um, the, bina- the binary is only a new Western thing. Uh, Daniel is asking, can a drag queen or, or a crossdresser be trans, and what is the difference? Okay, so uh, once again, this is generally, uh, sometimes these bleed over. Uh, a crossdresser, for instance, is generally someone who wears the clothes of the opposite gender for fun, for a fetish, for whatever. It's just, a, you know, they put on the clothes uh, because they like to. A drag queen is a performer. Uh, you know, someone you might see on a show like RuPaul's Drag Race. That is someone who performs gender on stage. That is someone who goes to a show to be a character. That is a performance of gender. A transgender person is someone who lives that as opposed to performs it or, you know, a, a crossdresser, say, uh, who is a man is still a man who wears women's clothes by his own choice. And But it is technically under the transgender umbrella. It's just, it's, it's a gender variance in expression, in identity. And while they do have some things in common, it's not the same. Um, so uh, there's so many questions. I don't know even which one to start. Uh, a lot of concerns people have is with children. Uh-huh. Uh, and they are noticing now there are some children that are being... Uh, that are born in male bodies that are being labeled as trans trans girls or not trans girls or trans boys trans boys Uh, and they think well this is getting out of hand Uh, these are children you can't make these decisions for them you have to wait for them to become adults Um, so what, what are your what are your responses to that well, children a lot of times might ha- know who they are, you know. Uh, I've met transgender children, mm. and they are perfectly valid. And the problem with waiting until you're an adult is you, you go through puberty. And when, when there's a transgender child, they don't take hormones. They don't 
medically transition. They are on puberty blockers so that the effects of the, uh, the, their biological sex uh, and the hormones associated with that don't take effect, but they don't have long-term consequences. The minute they go off them, if they figure out that they're not trans... Oh, you're saying they do? They get children? They go on hormones? Sorry. No, no. Oh, they, they go don't. on puberty blockers right. to prevent going through their uh, sexual puberty. So, like, if so, a, you know, if, 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 if a nine-year-old transgender person, uh, you know, goes to the doctor and says they're trans and they want to live as the gender they say they are, they're just on puberty blockers. They're not... Does that make mess with their biology to, to, uh, to mess with... But, so, puberty blockers, you're basically interfering with their hormones. What, uh, you know, they're, you're stopping some hormones from taking... Uh, from doing their thing, right? Is, You're isn't preventing that, puberty. Yes. Isn't that isn't that dangerous? Isn't that for, I mean, for especially for children, given that they might not know what they're deciding. Like, they might not. I mean, I know children know some things, but they they're also idiots. I mean, <laughs> I've met children. They think a fat man can come down a chimney and bring you gifts. I don't trust them, right? So. Um, I mean, well, that's that's yeah. why that that is why they don't give children hormones. They just the, the puberty blockers just prevent puberty from happening. It doesn't screw with anything. Okay. It doesn't change them. It just prevents the puberty changes from happening. So if you if you do that and then you get to the age where you can go on hormones, then you don't have to fight the puberty you've already gone through. Mm -hmm. You can go through the puberty that you were meant to in the first place. So it's it just holds off puberty. That's really all it does. And if a child decides that they're not trans or you know like you said that they uh, you know weren't didn't end up being they go off puberty blockers and then they go through puberty like they would have just maybe later. So and there's it, no negative consequences from ha from going through puberty later than you were naturally supposed to. Not that I've seen. Mm -hmm. uh, there are Jazz Jennings is a great person to look up who was uh, very visible as a transgender child and then went through transition later uh, once she came of age. So. Uh, it's not something that I personally experienced, so I can't speak t exactly to it, but it is something uh, that uh, there was a show called I Am Jazz. She has books. It was about her identity, you know, being transgender as a child, and uh, that would be a good source to go to to see how it affected someone who transitioned, you know, much younger than I did. Okay, so so you didn't go through puberty blockers but would you have preferred no. that if you did absolutely mm. without question so it might be it might yeah so if there is no negative consequences and i don't know if there is or not it seems like a you know it seems like you people are missing out if you didn't give them the opportunity to decide so maybe you're not making a decision for them maybe you're you should see it as giving them opportunity the opportunity to make the decision for them before it's too late maybe that's how you look right. at it right um and okay so one thing that okay before i go into pronouns and stuff and that's i think where everything gets very heated um mm -hmm. Do you, what are you? What do you think about why transgender people get so much hate 
and hostility. Do you have any theories for that? Um, a lot of it is being associated uh, similarly to how gay people were first associated when that first came onto the uh, visual cultural spectrum. Uh, you know, in the 70s and 80s when gay people in America started uh, living openly and starting to come out, uh, a lot of the same things were said about them that are now being said about us. So a good bit of it is the rhetoric that surrounds uh, trans people is straight out of the homophobic anti-gay playbook. And that's not a coincidence. So, uh, you know, they try to say that uh, trans women shouldn't be in bathrooms because they're predators. That's what they said about gay men. And that's what they said. It's it's nearly word for word, the exact same arguments. So. I also think there's a lot of hostility from the fact that all of us grew up seeing incredibly transphobic stuff, and that has its influence. Like, the easy go-to joke for so many years was, well, well that guy's in a dress. <laughs> That's funny. Um, just think of how many movies are about, oh, this guy has this thing, and he's going to go undercover uh, dressed up as a woman, and isn't it hilarious? I bet we're going to get a boner joke in there. It's so funny. Is it is it wrong to have um, make jokes about these things? It depends on what the joke is. If the joke is, ha-ha, they're trans, it uh, is not a fan. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there are jokes about trans people or, you know, trans jokes that are fine it's all about what what's the subject of the joke what's the punchline if the punchline is that they're trans it's not funny and it's harmful it perpetuates stuff that gets us killed um so my my theory for the hate is because gay you know gay and lesbian community are now way too accepted for the bigots to target uh, I think they have to move on to something else uh, because it, it, it's just too much like homophobia is something that you don't want to be associated with anymore. So they're like, yeah, we were always not homophobic. This is not a big deal anymore. And you don't want it. It's too popular to be accepting of, of the gay community for, for homophobia to be a trend. So they, the new t So they have to move on to a new target. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that's why the trans community is now the major new target. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. And like I said, when marriage equality passed, that was right in their platform, was that they were going to go after us. So uh, it's it's not just theory. It's what happened. Right. Okay. Well, it was a theory to me because I didn't know what happened. Um <laughs> So, okay, so let's go to pronouns. One one more, okay, so a lot of people that are, you know how uh, when it comes to Holocaust uh, deni deniers, there are some people that don't want to go all the way to being like, oh, the Holocaust didn't happen. Mm -hmm. They just say that, okay, the Holocaust happened, but it was exaggerated. So I noticed that within the being, trying to take positions against the trans community, there's also this, um, what they think it's a more nuanced position is that you know I'm not if you want to be trans be trans if you want to go through hormone therapy go through hormone therapy but why do you have to force us to use certain pronouns or how to change our language 
or to accept you like you could if you if you are a man and we're going to be call it think you're a woman go ahead but you can't i'm going to always see you as a man or i'm always going to see you as a woman you can't force me to see you differently you can only just be who you want to yourself but why do you have to go and tell us how to see you that's one th that's what i noticed that some people try to you know suggest that they have a more nuanced position that they're not saying that you shouldn't be transgender they're just saying that you shouldn't be f telling us how to react to it how would you respond to those people essentially you're saying you know who i am better than i do and that you're going to openly disrespect me because you think you know better and even if you think i'm a man you're wrong but even if you think that it's simple respect to say I'm a woman, call me she. Even if you don't believe it, it is just respect. Hmm. And we're not asking a great deal. It's not like we're you know, asking you to completely redefine everything you know or go out of your way or you know, go through some tremendous amount of effort. It's just like when someone gets married and for the, for the longest time you knew them as Jane Smith, and now they're Jane Johnson. It's just that simple. Yes, sometimes you're going to slip up and call them Jane Smith because you knew them as Jane Smith for so long. Mm. And they're probably going to correct you. You know, it's Johnson now. It's, you know, most people aren't going to make a scene about that. But my name is Johnson now. Please call me Jane Johnson. It's just when you put it across a gender binary and it's that, that, that part's different, that's when suddenly everybody makes it a big deal. So it's, it's just like your friend changed their last name because they got married, or maybe they changed their name because they want to, or maybe uh, you know something else happened. Like it, it, they got a nickname, so they want to be called by a nickname. Right. You know, the first day of school, ah, Jennifer, uh, do you have a nickname that you prefer? Yes, please call me Jenny. Nobody questions that. So we do these things that the trans community supposedly expects tr special treatment for. It's just slightly different than what you're used to. So we're not saying that 100% you have to believe that I am a woman. I am, and I know who I am better than you do. But even if you don't, even if you think I'm wrong, you can still treat me with the bare minimum of respect and refer to me as I have told you to refer to me. So it, it, it's not that difficult. So, yeah, I, I mean, this is what I noticed is that it seems like a small uh, when when you when when you explain it, it seems like a very small request. And yes. for the for 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 a lot of people that are against this, that want to make the small request to to present it as actually this is a big request. Uh, there's two different strategies I've seen. One of them is to say that they're actually standing up. It's not it's not just respect. This is standing up for science and what is fact, right? Which is very interesting because it's also coming from a, from mostly the same community of people that deny uh, climate change uh, and now they're all of a sudden very being very scientific but the thing the thing is that the the science i mean we we know that this transgender um, is part is part of part of science like we know this is part of our biology this is there are, have always been i mean i've seen 
children that have never been exposed to the idea of what a transgender person is and everybody could see without them ever trying to suggest to them that they're to question their gender that okay this, per, this he looks like a boy but he's definitely not like acting like a boy yeah. like it's it's it seems like so obvious and we also see it in uh, correct me if i'm wrong many different animals it's not just humans right mm -hmm. um so so they say so they try to make it seem like no i'm not it's not just a small request of me uh calling you by a different name this is me standing up for science and standing up for what's fact. And when you point out that this is actually scientific, that some people uh, are born in the in a body that is not associated with their gender, they say, well, they try to say, well, no, that's just a, that's just a mental illness. Uh, what would you respond to people that say that? And th there's a second te a technique as well, which um, which I get to later. But I just want to first address this first one. Well, first of all, I, I have heard that one more times than I care to count. And even if it was a mental illness, it's not. It's still in the DSM-5, but it's not a mental illness. Even if it was, that's not an excuse to treat someone like shit. You know, there are plenty of mental illnesses that people have that they don't go around using to justify treating someone badly. Uh, you know, I have depression. Oh, well, you're mentally ill and therefore don't deserve basic respect. That would be ludicrous. And even if trans was a mental illness, it would still be wrong to treat somebody badly for it. Right. So it, you know, when they say they're standing up for science, they're, they're saying they're standing up for what they've interpreted as science. But I once again reiterate the point that my doctor at the Mayo Clinic would not be doing these kind of surgeries on a whim or on no science. So the science is there because this happens. They don't just send people to hospitals like this based on complete pseudoscience or on homeotherapy or whatever you want to blame it on. This is a surgeon who is at the best hospital that in the country based on the science that people know. And the psychiatrists who wrote my letters and the people who treated me, the same thing. They're following the science that people have actually done on transgender people. So it, it, it exists. It goes beyond biology 101. This wouldn't be right. possible if that wasn't the case. Well, I mean, I would, I would say that, I would, I wouldn't trust doc, the doctors all the time. I would trust this, the scientists. Do say that this is a real thing, but there are a lot of people that practice medicine that are not good at science, if you believe it. So I wouldn't trust. I mean, you know, we know we know of surgeons that don't believe in evolution. Um, mm -hmm. I went to a doctor one time and, uh, you know, was making fun of homeopathy and she told me that, well, not everything can be explained by science. Homeopathy might work. So I was like, what the hell? How did you get your degree? So, but, <laughs> but I'm saying like there, there are actual, like, there are actually studies by scientists, not doc, like not medical doctors that shows that this is real. Um, but the, the thing is that, so the point that the people that say this is a mental illness they say well if somebody is yeah you should respect them you should mistreat them by the way a lot of people uh, most of the people that do say these things they're, they're just hateful people that are trying to find an excuse to be hateful uh but for the for the ones that are a little bit more nuanced or try to be more nuanced they 
uh, they say that no, yeah, we have we, we shouldn't mistreat these people. We shouldn't hate them. This is a mental illness, and you shouldn't feed into their mental illness. So, for example, if somebody, and again, no, let me know if I'm getting to um, if this is. I know you have to deal with so much facility and maybe repeating these things is 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 hurtful so let me know if i'm ever going too far right like i can't okay. imagine how much how much you have to deal with so but if if i do please let me know mm -hmm. um but they say like if somebody is delusional i wouldn't tell them like yes the voices that you're hearing in your head are real i tell them no this is fake uh, I wouldn't be mean to them. I wouldn't be hostile to them. I wouldn't disrespect them. But I also explain to them that they're suffering from a mental illness. And saying it's a mental illness is not supposed to. Is not meant as meant as an insult. It's actually meant as trying to help them. Um, how would you respond? I mean, one thing I, w I would say to them is that they're they're feeding into because a lot of people see mental illness as an insult right mm -hmm. so even if they don't mean it as an insult they're providing in the narrative for a lot of people that do use it as an insult but how would you respond to it uh, i'd cycle back to what i've already said right. it's it's not just a delusion in my head because if it was my doctor wouldn't have treated it and i wouldn't have gone through uh, gender confirmation surgery based on a delusion. Mm -hmm. So uh, while I do understand that surgeons don't always know everything about science and, you know, a certain doctor in the uh, administration <laughs> right, to right. speak to something like that, the point is it's still, it would have to be beyond the quote-unquote voices in my head mm. in order to be acknowledged and treated by the by the medical professionals that I've been to. You know, a lot of people keep pointing out to science and they're not scientists themselves. Do, do you have any advice for people that are not scientists to figure out, like, it seems like everybody just consumes the sources that are sent by the people that they admire and the people that they follow or they just trust them that they have looked into the science, right? Mm -hmm. um, is there... You know, is the, for for the non-scientists, for the people without a science background, is there a way for them to, because just because something is a research doesn't mean it's good research, right? Mm -hmm. um, is there any? Do you have any advice for for anybody that is curious about this, if they want to look into it, um, how to not just where to look into, but how to recognize if what they're looking at is actually good science or not? Well, a couple things would be look who funded the study. Look into the methods they used. Look into who they sampled. You know, uh, if if something was based on 20 people and its attitudes about transgender people, and all of them are say anti-trans activists, that's going to make a difference in how they respond to certain questions, which is something they did in uh, you know a, a recent study involving uh, parents of transgender people. Uh, all but I think two of them were anti-trans parents so it's like you've got to just go beyond not the science specifically if you don't understand that but look who funded it look who the people they interviewed are see if they had an agenda to begin with so it, those are things that you don't have to be a scientist to recognize so if if a, a study is published by an oil company based on how much oil causes climate change you're going to look at the source 
So it's it's the same thing with anything else. If if the Family Research Council is publishing a study on transgender people, you might want to give it a second glance. Um, if it's peer reviewed, is that a good um, you know check mm -hmm. thing to check just to make sure it's peer reviewed? Like, is that a good yeah? Absolutely. Uh, okay, so. Um, but okay, so then now the second tactic for people that when when you ask them to like, look, I'm a woman. Use you please use these pronouns, um, and and that's not a big deal. It doesn't seem like a big request. Uh, the second response uh, from people that want to say no, this is a big request, are people that are saying that uh, the government is getting involved and now they want to enforce this for us to use certain pronouns and we need to make a stand because government shouldn't be able to dictate what kind of language we use. So now that this is a big deal, it's not a small request, it's becoming a big deal. How would you respond to them? Uh, that's not happening here. I can tell you that it's going in the opposite direction, but a lot of that fear was perpetuated by a couple of certain activists a couple years ago who basically just saw that in Canada, uh, trans people were added to discrimination protection. That's really all that happened, which meant that we were protected from things like, say, hate crimes or discrimination upon the basis of us being trans. And a lot of the paranoid response was hyperbole for the sake of trying to make it a bigger deal than it was. So, so you're saying they're exaggerating about what the legislation was, but if the legislation did actually wanted to enforce that, would you be for it or against it? Like if the government was saying like, if you, if somebody is identifying as a trans woman and you use the wrong pronouns on them, that's illegal. Uh, would you be against such a measure by the government? I don't know. Okay. I, 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 I would have to see what actually happened. I don't think that's a hypothetical I can do. Right. Uh, I would I would have to take it on the case of seeing what actually happened. You know, not that many people use the, you know, say, I don't know, uh, which is, which so, it's always very nice to hear. <laughs> uh, we have to make that a popular thing to say. I agree. Uh, <laughs> um, a lot of people point out suicide rates they say like mm -hmm. look um suicide rates among transgender people uh are a lot that shows that this is a problem why would you want that to for people this shows that this is a mental illness uh, my my natural response to that and i don't know if it's right, like maybe if we were more accepting of them it would the suicide rates wouldn't be that high is yeah. that is that the main do you think that's the main reason why suicide rates are high among transgender people without question uh, you know, being thrown out of your house by your parents for not accepting who you are or being rejected by your entire community because of who you are, uh, be where it's still legal to discriminate against trans people upon hiring them for jobs or uh, housing or benefits. You know, there are so many places in this country where it is legal to discriminate upon that and RIFRAs are not doing anything to help that. So when you point to the rate of transgender suicide, look at how many people have been bullied into it. Look at how many people see just how many uh, people are willing to be visibly anti-trans and how much we have to put up with it on a daily basis. And 
granted, I see more than most people do simply because I put myself out there and I'm willing to have these conversations. And as you pointed out in the beginning, I'm not subtle about it. So yeah. I get I get a disproportionately large amount of viewing this kind of material. But someone who just exists as a trans person is guaranteed to, at the minimum, deal with bad looks or people, you know, disregarding who they are. But there's also people who are going to be assaulted for uh, existing in public or in other cases because people fetishize us and then freak out after they have sex with us because they think that makes us gay and then they kill us. So when you take into account that we are, our community is constantly being bullied, is constantly being blamed for the election and everything else that has transpired in the last couple of years. Uh, you can't just point to suicide rates and say, oh, they're killing themselves because they're trans. Maybe they're trans and get bullied into it because of how people treat transgender people. I mean, the suicide rate, I mean, homosexuality was seen as a mental illness now that's not being said as much as it used to be um, as as much as people used to say um, but suicide rates used to be much higher within the gay community back when um, there, there was lower level of acceptance of the gay community I mean it's still within the gay community the suicide rate is higher than others uh, but uh -huh. because the acceptance is still not 100%, right? But it's much less than what it used to be, which does, <coughs> sorry, which does suggest that accepting uh, their ac society, accept accepting them more uh, has a major, con I'm not saying this is proof because correlation is not causation, but correlation does suggest causation. Uh, but it does suggest that maybe that accepting the gay community had had an influence on their lower level of suicide rates. And maybe that will do the same thing with transgender community. Yeah, a, a gay person who isn't constantly called a faggot or beaten up or anything like that is probably less likely to commit suicide than someone who is abused every right. single day. Yeah. Because before I was openly a trans woman, I was just a feminine kid and I was bullied mercilessly for it. And I was close to that at several points in my youth. So right. I can imagine if that wasn't happening, I probably wouldn't have reached those depths. Sorry, I laugh not because that's funny, but because of how obvious that you made it sound, you know, it's, yeah, obviously. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, you're, uh, you're right. Um, so w when it comes to people that don't use the, you know, a lot of people like, why do you have to demand that we use a certain pronouns or call you by, consider you to be a woman when I don't think you are? Uh, why do why does it have to be force? And I and I don't understand that critique because it's not really force. We're just calling you an asshole if you don't. Yeah. Like it's not like it's not you know it's you know you're not being forced. We're just recognizing that you're probably very not yeah you know not very nice person. That's all. That's the only consequences that you're getting. How is that forcing? Right? You're forced. You you are free to. Be a dick, and we are free to call you out as a as a dick. I mean, there's no yeah. forcing happening here, is it? Right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. And uh, I often say to those people, uh, "What if I just misgendered your baby or your dog? You would correct me, right?" Mm -hmm. Well, it's the same thing here. Like uh, p 
people who, you know, that's a she, you know, when it's their dog. But if we do it, we're mentally ill. So, yeah, it's just, once again, basic respect. How do you, how do you figure out who, which, there are some people that are genuinely trying to be hateful and mm -hmm. be bullies. But there are also some people that are just misinformed, right? Yeah. And I, and I sometimes think that from people, from people that do care about transgender rights and are fighting for transgender rights, I think they're, they're making a mistake by treating them the same. Uh, Generally, we don't. Mm. Um, I'm not going to treat someone who has a genuine question and is willing to learn the same way as someone who's immediately calling me names or is being openly hateful. And the more you experience that, the quicker you can figure out whether it's just someone trolling or whether it's someone who really does want to learn. And we don't treat people the same in that aspect because that would be alienating. We wouldn't want to do that. We want people who want to learn and who are going to be empathetic uh, to, to be able to approach us. The difference is we don't owe it. That's the biggest thing, is there are some people who view us as 24-7 on-demand education robots. And right. to expect, oh. it's, it's like asking a person of color to always be on call to answer someone's questions about Black Lives Matter or something like that. <laughs> uh, to, you know, it's, it'd be ridiculous to expect like, hey, anytime I ring this bell, you have to constantly defend your humanity. And there are those of us who put ourselves out there and are willing to do that. Right. But we don't owe it to anybody. That's the biggest distinction. So maybe the most important thing is to first ask, hey, do you mind if I ask a few questions? Is that a, yeah? Is yeah. That, yeah, okay. Um, or f and if, they, if, if they're not, find someone like me who is open and willing to talk about those things. Right. Because someone who is just existing while trans doesn't owe you an explanation or right. doesn't owe you an education. That's a good and and even even if they wanted to, that doesn't mean every person that is a transgender is an becomes an expert at transgender issues or yeah, absolutely right. Actually, that's a very good point. I'm, I'm glad you went there. Um, Muscal is asking Marissa: Has Kathleen Jennifer been a good or bad for transgender representation? Secondly, have you watched Orange Is the New Black? It's great. They have somebody Cox and Laverne Cox. La La Laverne Cox and uh, I don't know who that is. Uh, that she is a transgender woman who is an actress on that show. Uh, I haven't watched it just because prison shows are generally not my cup of tea, mm. but um, she's wonderful. I absolutely adore her. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner did one really good thing, and that was come out. It, the, Caitlyn Jenner was the point where a lot of these conversations started, and that is where trans people became a lot more visible. So... I, I think it was a good thing that she came out because of how many people became aware of transgender people mm. uh, as far as her politics, as far as her activism, as far as a lot of the stuff she says, the fact that she is an extremely rich, privileged Republican uh, sort of goes against a lot of what others, other trans people have to fight against because she was never going to go through the same struggle of trying to get approved for health insurance and wondering how you're going to pay for it if you don't. So there, there, there's some issues there. So I, I won't say it's a blanket negative, but I think the one really good thing that came out of Caitlyn Jenner uh, coming out and publicly transitioning was that it put us on the map a little more than we were. Is there is it is it tough to be a right wing transgender person? Uh, 
uh, or a right wing transgender rights advocate? Like, is there is there some level of hostility from the transgender community to a right wing transgender person that they might feel like there's they're not going to be like they don't get accepted from the like you're transgender so there's already some level of hostility uh to you from uh, from everyone else uh but also now because you're right wing and transgender your own community is not accepting to you is that is that is, is that an issue uh, absolutely there are right wing there are right wing trans people and uh, especially in the current administration that has been going out of its way to discriminate against us and pass laws against us and push policies against us, it is puzzling to figure out how they can support an administration that has made its uh, views on us very clear. So uh, I, I do think it's hostility, but it's mostly hostility out of it's difficult enough to try to survive as a trans person without someone who is one of us supporting the people who are making our lives miserable. But it's also like, don't you think like the transgender community should try to make a home for them because it's also very difficult for them. I mean, they are, they, even if they're wrong about something, it's just that they are, it's, it must be very tough for them getting it from every direction, right? Absolutely. Right. And I, I, I do my best. I really do. Yeah. Uh, just when someone supports Trump and they're of the marginalized group that they're going after, it's very difficult to address. So, um, they absolutely do have a place in the transgender community. It's just they're going to be questioned about why. But they then would they might say, them. "I don't owe a question." They might say the same thing. They might be like, yeah. "I'm, I'm right wing, but I don't owe an explanation to everybody." You're right. Yeah. You, you are absolutely right. And uh, I, I don't want to cut this short, but my computer is starting oh. to run out of battery. So oh God, I have so many questions. Though. Okay. Um. Uh, <laughs> all right. So how much battery do you have? Sixteen uh, percent. Okay. Uh, okay. We're, Worst case, I can get on my phone, or we can do it part two. <laughs> so okay, okay. Um, let me go through some of these uh, very fast. Uh, what about transgender issues and sports? Uh, a lot of people think it's very. I, he, my, I think this is such a minor issue compared to what transgender people have to go to, and people are making a big deal out of it. I don't know what the right answer is. Like they p point out, for example, to somebody that used to be a man and now. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but now they're a woman um, and now they're winning every single competition because they have m more, you know, more muscles or whatever. And like, look what, where we are at. This is ridiculous. And I don't, I, that might be an issue. I, I find that people that bring up these examples, they're talking about a fringe, like very small issue and mm -hmm. um, not because they care about the, the women that are losing, but mostly because they want to make light of all the other a hundred times more bigger uh, issues that all the transgender community has to deal with. But what, how would you respond to that? Uh, estrogen, I can say, uh, definitely took a toll on muscle mass. And that is something that happens. And to go through a transition, uh, especially one over the course of several years, will change a lot of things. So I, I can't speak specifically to examples like Fallon Fox, uh, whose article goes around all the time based on the one fight that happened where the ref didn't stop it and it should have been stopped sooner. But I will say if it was another cis woman who cracked another cis woman's skull, we probably wouldn't have heard about it. So 
Um, that was a thing that happened one time a couple of years ago, but I'm not enough of an expert on athletics and that level of how hormone affects muscles to uh, really say for sure. But there's a sport that is very inclusive to trans people. It's called roller derby, and they seem to be doing just fine uh, dealing with uh, being trans-inclusive. So perhaps that's something the more it's studied can be more readily accessible and explained, but I, I don't have the expertise to be able to comment on that from a purely uh, athletic and competitive level. Um, what's the... I, I don't know the details behind this, but there seems to be some conflict between some members of the lesbian rights activists and transgender community. What's the conflict mm -hmm. between transgender and lesbians? Uh, there are some cisgender lesbians who feel that uh, trans women are men who are trying to invade lesbian spaces, and they're antagonistic. They are incredibly antagonistic. Uh, they organize specifically online to bully and troll trans people and, com and convince them to commit suicide. So that is not all lesbians. It's not even a majority of lesbians, but there, there are some that are... Uh, organized and make a specific effort to try to bully trans people. Um, that is something that is terrifying because um, they they tend to pair up with right-wing activists to go after us. So, you know, when the evangelicals and uh, cisgender lesbians are teaming up, uh, that's a scary thought. Um, how much how much better do you have? <laughs> 13%. <laughs> okay. okay, I'll ask uh, two more questions and then I'll uh, quickly check if there's any good questions in live chat. Uh, so, d would you accept um, people that are uh, within as, as transgender activists, transgender rights activists that might have some views about trans... Like, for example, let's say some people say things that seem uh, not very... Like, that you don't agree with. Like, people say, well, no... Uh, changing pronouns is ridiculous um but i'm still want to fight for transgender rights do you accept these people as transgender right activists if they have views that might be um you might not agree with specifically about the transgender tra about transgender people i kind of view it as like the love the sinner hate the sin argument where they're basically saying oh i don't hate you i just hate who you are like it's 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 difficult and if you want me to switch to Skype on my phone, I can uh, to give you a little bit more time. Are you sure? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank uh, it, you. Okay. It obviously won't be the same kind of audio quality, but um, okay. I can do that. Okay. So let me disconnect and reconnect with you, okay? Okay. While you do that, I'll go through the live chat, see if there's any questions. Okay. All right, guys. Let me see if you guys have any good questions here. Hold on, let me put this down. Where's my camera? All right, let's see if you have any good questions. Uh, where do you... Dra drag queens was addressed. Um, Moose, the question about mental illness was already addressed. Let me just put this up here just in case. There we go. I got little bit more time here <laughs> okay good um okay so there's some echo do you have a headset uh, i don't have a firewire cable 
Okay. Um, so we have to deal with the echo, I guess. Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> I'm just going to ask very uh, just a few more questions. Um, are there any examples that you think that the people that, that the left has gone way too far? And the critiques of people from, for example, the right about transgender movements are on point. Like, yeah, okay, I'm. That's 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 too extreme of a demand. Like, what the hell? This is like this is making us look bad. I I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but it does happen. There, like any group, there are people who take it way too far. And you know, no community whatsoever is bereft of assholes. So there are people who are going to take it too far. There are people who are going to jump all over somebody who maybe didn't deserve it. Um, I can't, like I said, I can't think of any specifically right off the top of my head. But there, I've I've blocked fair numbers of trans people too for taking things too much to an extreme, and it and it bothers me. Any ex no examples? Not oh, you're blocking the microphone. Not off the top of my head. No. Okay. Um, so, and what about the people that say, "Oh my God, it's not now. It's not just um, he or she, you know switching he and she. Now we have like seventy pronouns. Z. I don't know what else. This is like what the hell is all this? This is ridiculous. How would you say? It? What would you say to those? Like, um, there are so many names in any language that people adjust to. There are names people adjust to. There are ways you change in referring to somebody. There are nicknames you adjust to. I pointed out these examples earlier. Uh, Neo-pronouns are not something I know a lot about. I've only interviewed one person who uses them. Uh, the most common non-he or she pronoun is they, the gender-neutral they. And that is so colloquial that we use in our language that referring to somebody by a gender-neutral pronoun is not the uh, extreme effort that people make it out to be. It's just something else you have to get used to sometimes when somebody asks you to use they-them pronouns. It's just making a little bit of effort for somebody who asked you to. And, you know, just the fact that I referred to, uh, you know, somebody in the gender-neutral they, uh, it's pretty easy to do, and we do it all the time without realizing it. Um, Daniel is asking a question that I'm not understanding. There, they think there is a famous basketball player and rapper, Young Buck and White Howard, being exposed as possible extorted by trans women. Do you know anything about this? No. 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 Okay, I'm not gonna go to that then. because he kept on asking the same question so many times so i wanted to see if you have any response to that. um one one thing i just oh i lost the video are you there oh, sorry. yeah i'm here sorry um, last thing i just wanted to point uh, mention is not a question i just want to let you know about something i don't know if you're aware of this um in iran a lot of people are surprised to hear that um the government not the people um have accepted trans, you know, people doing sex exchange operations, sex change operations, uh, and they see like, wow, this is what, what a tolerant country. 
whereas actually they have completely confused the hell out of it because they it seems like the government in Iran doesn't understand the difference between sexual orientation and gender identity and basically in Iran around um, it's it's estimated that more than 3,000 people have so far been hanged for just being gay right but mm -hmm. for for actually actually committing uh, gay behavior not actually being gay so but uh, but but what they decided is that they looked they apparently looked into the science and they saw like okay this is maybe biological so if you're gay and you want to be with the the same gender as yourself you have to to be able for you to be able to do that you actually have to get a sex exchange operation oh right? wow <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, is a sex a sex exchange operation is that how you say it uh, the, the way I refer to it is gender confirmation surgery or gender right. affirming surgery. Right. Um, that's the medical way that my surgery was referred to. So right. I'll refer to that. So a lot of cis gay people in Iran are changing, the, you know, going through the surgery just to be able to be with the people that they love. And that's, that's not tolerance at all. That's completely fucked up, wouldn't you say? Like for cis people to have, go through the operation just to be with the person that they want, right? Yeah, that's pretty extreme. Right. So, so yeah. Um, so I'm gonna end it here because I know you you've been very generous with our time, but I would I would be very interested if at some point because this is a form of activism that I think um, as much as far you know I understand that in the United States we have so far to go, and in Western countries the progress. Uh, there's been some progress, but there's you know not enough, obviously. But there are many places where it's so far behind. Is I, I could use some voices from people that have gone a little bit farther, right? Uh -huh. uh, and I was wondering if in the future you would ever be interested in you know meeting uh, you know transgender right activists that are hide, f fighting fighting what you're doing in secret anonymously because if anybody uh, finds out about them they could be killed not just by people but also by the government uh, if you would ever be interested in meeting with them and having like discussions with them with regards to their activism and maybe b bringing them on your podcast and giving you know um, making their voices louder absolutely yeah. and I have um, both have? in my podcast and uh, the most recent book I wrote, I had people contributing from 12 different countries, I believe. So wow. uh, it's 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 not something I would say I'm an expert in, but it's not something that I have no experience in either. Good. Wow. I mean, and where can people, so last question, where can people find you? How can they follow you? Where can they get your books? How could they listen to your podcast and all of that? Sure. Uh, my website is wristmccool.com. That's R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L. Uh, you can look up all six of my books on Amazon, Marissa Alexa McCool. I have two podcasts. Uh, one is a deep dive interview show called The Inciting Incident Podcast. Uh, that just released its 166th episode this week. Uh, and the other one I have, if you really want to hear trans people talk about trans issues without worrying about constantly stopping and defining everything, I host a podcast called The Sister Getting Out of Hand. It's a lighthearted satire show uh, that talks about trans issues, specifically 
trans, every person on the show is trans. So uh, all our guests are trans. Uh, it's it's kind of a, a, a space for us to talk amongst ourselves and have other people listen in on a conversation that they generally don't get to have. So that's my other podcast. Uh, the Sister Getting Out of Hand has about 80 episodes, and that comes out every Thursday. The Inciting Incident podcast comes out every Friday. And I travel the country speaking at plenty of different atheist LGBT events uh, I just spoke at uh, Free Thought Alliance in California, which I believe is how you got connected to me through Melissa. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm out there and I've guested on plenty of podcasts like uh, Skating Atheist, Cognitive Dissonance, uh, The Gay Atheist Manifesto. Uh, if you search my name in a podcaster, you're going to find it. Well, I thought I was doing a lot. This is your, I don't know how you managed to do all of that. That's like a lot of different uh, activism. Do you mind actually on Facebook sending me the link to all of these so I could put it in the description for people to be able to find it easier? Like, sure, no problem. Awesome. And thank you so much for your time. I uh, really appreciate it. I know you. I took, took advantage of your time too oh, much. So I, I really I'm happy appreciate. to do it. Thank you. And thank you, everybody in the live chat. I thought the live chat is going to be very mean, but it seems like it was very civil. Um, I think, I don't know if the Facebook live chat seemed a little bit more aggressive, but the YouTube live chat seemed to be very uh, sweet and polite. So thank you, everybody in the uh, live chat. Uh, and again, thank you. Thank you so much, Marissa, for your time. I really appreciate that. Thank you. I'm happy to come back and continue this conversation anytime. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Atheist Republic's mission is to give atheists around the world a louder voice. In order for us to be able to continue the Atheist Republic, we need your help. If we reach 100 patrons, we'll finally be able to afford all our costs. Help us get there.